Hi everyone, welcome to episode 4 of Serial Access. For those of you who do not know, my name is Samantha and I am your host. Today's case is a case that I hope that you are all excited about. I have been doing research on this case for quite a while now and it just continues to draw me in. So let's go ahead and jump right on into the case. Ted Bundy was born in Vermont across the country from the Pacific Northwest communities that he would one day scare. His mother was Eleanor Louise Cowell and his father was unknown at the time. His grandparents, ashamed of their daughter for having a child out of wedlock, raised him as their own. For nearly all of his childhood, he thought that his mother was his sister. His grandfather would beat both Ted and his mother on a regular basis. When Ted was five years old, his mother ran away with him, wanting to live with cousins in Tacoma, Washington. While in Tacoma, Eleanor met and married a man by the name of Johnny Bundy, who was a cook at a hospital, and he formally adopted little Ted and gave him the last name Bundy. Ted hated his stepfather, and he would describe him to his girlfriend as being not so bright and didn't make much money for the family. There isn't much known to the public about the rest of Bundy's childhood, as he gave conflicting accounts of his early years to different people, and he never really said specifically what truly happened when he was a young child. He graduated high school in 1965, then enrolled in a nearby university by the name of Puget Sound. He spent just one year there before transferring to the University of Washington to study Chinese. He dropped out briefly in 1968, but quickly re-enrolled as a psychology major. During his time out of school, he would visit the East Coast, where he likely first learned that the woman that he believed was his sister was truly his mother. Back at the University of Washington, he started dating a woman by the name of Elizabeth, a divorcee from Utah who worked as a secretary at the School of Medicine on campus. Elizabeth was one of the first people who reported to police about Ted Bundy. In 1973, Bundy was accepted into the University of Puget Sound Law School, but after a few months, he stopped attending classes. In 1974, the disappearances began. His first known attack was not an actual murder, but just an assault on an 18-year-old Karen Sparks, a student and dancer at the University of Washington. He broke into her apartment and bludgeoned her, unconscious with a metal rod from her bed frame, before sexually assaulting her with the same object that he used to bludgeon her with. His assault left her in a 10-day coma and permanently disabled. His next victim was the first confirmed murder. Her name was Anne Healy, another student of the University of Washington. This took place one month after the assault on Karen. He broke into Anne's apartment in the early morning, knocking her unconscious, then clothing her body and carried her to his car. At that point, she was never seen again, but part of her skull was discovered years later at one of the locations where Ted would dump his bodies at. 
Ted continued to target female students in the area. He had developed a technique where he would approach women while wearing a cast or appearing otherwise disabled and ask them for help putting something in his car. He would then bludgeon them before blinding them, raping, and killing them. He would dump their bodies in a remote location in the woods, where he would often visit and have sex with the decaying corpses. In some cases, he would decapitate them and keep their skulls in his apartment so that way he could sleep beside them. Over the next five months, he murdered five female college students in the Pacific Northwest area. Their names are Donna Gail Manson, Susan Elaine Rancourt, Roberta Kathleen Parks, Brenda Carol Ball, and Georgianne Hawkins. With all of these disappearances, police called for a major investigation and enlisted a number of different government agencies to help look for the missing girls. One of the agencies was the Washington State Department of Emergency Services, where Bundy worked. There, he met Carol Ann Boone, a twice-divorced mother of two who he would later date on and off for years as he continued to murder girls. While the manhunt continued for the killer, more people were matching it up to Ted and his car. And at the same time, there were bodies that were being discovered in the woods, but Bundy was accepted to a law school in Utah and decided to move to Salt Lake City. While living there, he continued to rape and murder young women. This also included a hitchhiker in Idaho and four teenage girls in Utah. Elizabeth knew Ted relocated to the area, and on learning of the Utah murder, she called the police for a second time to tell them that it truly was Ted who was committing the murders. There was a huge pile of evidence pointing towards Ted, and when Washington investigators compiled their data, Ted's name appeared at the top of the suspect list. Not knowing that the police were on to him, Ted continued to murder women. He also would travel to Colorado from his home to kill more young women there. In August of 1975, Ted was pulled over while driving through a Salt Lake City suburb and police discovered masks, handcuffs, and blunt objects in his car. While this was not enough to arrest him, a police officer realized that Bundy was also a suspect in the earlier killings and put him under surveillance. The officers then found his beetle, which he had sold where they discovered hair matching three of his victims. With this evidence, they put him in a lineup where he was identified by one of the women who he had tried to abduct. He was convicted of kidnapping and assault and was sent to prison while police attempted to build a case for murder against him. The arrest did not stop Ted from killing. He was able to escape custody for the first time in 1977. He escaped from the law library at the courthouse in Aspen, Colorado. He had regular access to the library since he was serving as his own lawyer. He jumped from the library's second floor window and hit the ground running, disappearing into the trees before the guard could even return and check on him. He had planned to make his way to the Aspen Mountain where he would break into a cabin, later break into a trailer for supplies, but resources were very scarce, so he scrapped his plan, but back in Aspen, he stole a car just so he could put some distance between him and the cell he was fleeing from. 
but while he was leaving, he was spotted by police for his reckless driving and recaptured after only six days of being on the run. His next escape took place six months later from a jail cell. He studied a map of the prison and realized that his cell was directly beneath the living quarters of the prison's chief jailer. The two rooms were separated by a crawl space. He traded with another inmate to get a small hacksaw, and while his cellmates were exercising or showering or working, he would start working on the ceiling, scraping away layer after layer of plaster. The crawl space he made was small. I mean, it was very, 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 very small. He then began deliberately cutting back on his meals in an effort to lose weight so that he could fit through the hole to crawl into the crawl space. He did manage to plan ahead, unlike last time. He stowed away a small pile of money smuggled to him by Carol Ann Boone, the woman who would later marry him in prison. When he was ready, he finished the hole and crawled up into the chief jailer's room, finding it was unoccupied. He swapped his prison jumpsuit for the man's civilian clothes and then strolled out the jail's front door. This time, he didn't take his time. He stole a car right away, immediately got out of town, making his way to Florida. He wanted to keep a low profile, but Florida life was presenting unexpected challenges. Unable to produce identification, he couldn't get a job. He was back to stealing for money, and the compulsion towards violence was simply too strong. On January 15th, of 1978, two weeks after his escape, he broke into Chai Omega Sorority House on the Florida State University campus. Within a span of just 15 minutes, he sexually assaulted and killed Margaret Bowman and Lisa Levy. He bludgeoned them with firewood and then strangled them with their stockings. He then assaulted Kathy Kleiner and Karen Chandler, who both suffered horrific injuries, including broken jaws and missing teeth. He later broke into an apartment of Cheryl Thomas, who lived several blocks away, and beat her so badly that she permanently lost her hearing. But on February 8th, Ted abducted a 12-year-old by the name of Kimberly Diane Leach from her middle school and murdered her, concealing her body on a pig farm. But once again, his reckless driving caught the attention of the police when they realized that the plates that belonged to the car were stolen. They pulled him over and found the IDs of three dead women in his car, linking him to the Florida State University murders. During his trial, he didn't listen to his lawyer and took his own defense. He ultimately was convicted and placed on death row at Florida's Real Ford Prison, where he suffered abuse from other prisoners. This included gang rape by four men, some sources say. But he did conceive a child with Carol Ann Boone, who he married while he was on trial. He was executed by electric chair on January 24th of 1989, while hundreds of people gathered outside the courthouse to celebrate his death. Even though he did confess to many murders before his death, the true number of his victims remains unknown because he did deny certain killings 
Despite the evidence that tied him to the murders, authorities do suspect that he killed anywhere between 30 and 40 women, making him one of the most infamous and terrifying serial killers in American history. Let me know what you guys think of this case. I can't believe he escaped prison twice and got out just to kill more people. I am so glad that they have beefed up the security around the prisons so that way people can escape easy. Ted Bundy escaped so easy that I was baffled when I was doing research. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, you can follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Serial Access for sneak peeks. You can also go to SerialAccess.com to suggest a serial killer that you would like to hear more about. And if you wouldn't mind, please share the podcast on social media or to a friend or family member to get the word out. So that way we can get more suggestions on serial killers. So that way we can do those cases and get those out for you guys. Please remember to have a great day, everyone, and stay safe out there. Catch you in our next episode.